We're pleased to partner again with Curex, the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, which means in running stores, it's the top selling brand of insoles. It's no wonder. Curex insoles are highly customizable and provide dynamic arch support. For 15% off, visit curex.us and use code AMR15. Everybody. Welcome to AMR Trains, a podcast about training and racing and endurance sports. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. What do we endurance athletes like more than a long run in 50 degree temperatures in the morning, coming home to a stack of pancakes lovingly made by our family, followed by a long nap with no interruptions? A race report, of course. And since we are still just grooving on the excitement and newness of being back at in-person races, we're going to have an extra long race report today. We have two Kansas City-based mothers um, today, Laurel and Tiffany, who recently raced the Des Moines 70.3, which is a half Ironman triathlon, for those of you that might not know what a 70.3 is. Both have two kids under the age of 10. Both are uh, experienced runners, um, but I'm going to let each of you kind of introduce yourself first. So give us a little background, and um, Laurel, you can go first. Sure. Thanks so much for having us, Timmy. Excited to be here. Um, well, I am, as you said, a mother runner in the Kansas City area. I'm a nurse practitioner by profession. I'm married, and I have two children. My son just finished second grade, and my daughter is starting kindergarten in the fall. Very excited to have them both at the same school and to be graduating from daycare. <laughs> I, yeah, yay. I started uh, running actually kind of at the end of high school, just recreationally. And so I don't consider myself, you know, a, I didn't consider myself an athlete growing up, but I now consider myself an athlete as an adult. Ran my first half marathon in college with my dad. My dad was the one that got me into running and then just kind of got the bug from there. And fast forward, I've done many, many half marathons. I've done six full marathons. And I always was very intrigued by the idea of doing a triathlon because I like swimming and I like biking, but I felt like I had to wait until my kids were older and then enter my friend Tiffany, who we met through the preschool a few years ago and discovered that we went to the same gym. And I thought, oh my gosh, we have to be friends. This is great. So we started meeting up for some swims. And I found out that she was training for her first half Ironman. This was in 2018. And I thought, well, she can do it. You know, her kids are about the same age as mine. Maybe I can do this. So I kind of planted the seed. And then in 2019, we were up at the gym pool and she said, no, um, Des Moines is going to have their first half Ironman and it's going to be in 2020. And she said, I'm signed up for this. And I said, well, I want to do it with you. So I went home immediately. And I mentioned to my husband, we both went to college in Iowa. I said, Tiffany is doing a triathlon in Iowa. And I think I'd like to sign up. And I did not mention the distances. Or the <laughs> I was about to say, that's a triathlon, which, you know, triathlon we'll talk about <laughs> and he said, okay. And I came into my home office and I got on the computer and I signed up for it and just got very excited. And um, then we know what happened in 2020. So we had an extra year to, to train. So yeah, and I'll let Tiffany kind of tell her background too. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, so you guys met in preschool. So Tiffany, you have kids about the same age as Laurel? Yeah, um, 
my older daughter is a year younger than her son. And then our little ones um, are best friends in preschool going into kindergarten. Um, also married, I work full time. I manage a little cafe and coffee shop in between our houses. And um, I did sports growing up, uh, ran off and on um, post-college with the goal of doing a half marathon, um, injuries and niggles and kind of put it on the back burner. And then after my second daughter was born, I think she was six months old, I just said, I'm running the Kansas City half marathon this fall, like come hell or high water, I'm doing it. Um, <clears throat> and I did. And so I've probably done five or six half marathons. And when I was starting to feel um, like what's next, a full marathon, or do I want to shift into a triathlon? I had done the triathlon training class group at, at my gym, just, you know, for cross training purposes. I thought I'm not, I know I'm a, don't have great form and gait and cadence as a runner. And I'm more likely to get hurt trying to do a full marathon at this stage. So half Ironman it is. That was the first full or the first triathlon I ever signed up for. Um, I did a shorter distance. I did an Olympic to prep for that back in 2018. Um, did the Madison 70.3. Um, learned a lot. Um, and <laughs> learned a lot. And then um, in 2019, I actually tore my ACL and my meniscus when I was skiing in January. So spent almost all of 2019 rehabbing surgery, the whole works 2020 going to get it. This is my year signed up. We all know what happened. So 2021 has been like redemption year for me. Wow. Wow. Well, you guys, you're, you're great at, um, at giving the back. That's great. That's great background. Um, because I wanted to cover a lot of that, you know, what got you interested in triathlon and that kind of thing. I'm curious, Tiffany, um, did you know how to, you said you took a triathlon training class at your gym and I know at little, at my little, um, community center where I swim a lot, there is, I've seen them and I'm like, oh, I kind of want to do that just for fun and to, you know, chat with people along the way. Did you know how to swim prior to that or tell us kind of your swimming background? Yeah, I knew how to not drown and okay. how to like move across the pool, um, but I never did swim team growing up. And the very first time I showed up to that triathlon training class, which was, you know, probably in like 2014 or something, I've done it kind of on and off um, over the years. Uh, the coach was like, are you going to put your head in the water? <laughs> You're like, like, oh, I didn't know I had to do that. <laughs> I didn't have a swim cap. Like I didn't care that much about my hair getting wet, but it, it, it's been a, a process for sure. Like it used to be, you know, one length and I'd be out of breath one lap and I'd be out of breath. And, you know, now, you know, I'm, I am pretty happy with the paces I can sustain and, um, you know, getting in the open water and things like that. Um, so no swimming background whatsoever for me. All right. Cause that's a big hurdle. What about you, Laurel? Again, there are a lot of women that are like, Oh, I really want to do it, but I don't know how to swim. So what was it? You say you like to swim. Did you swim growing up or how'd you learn to swim? A little bit. I took swim lessons as a kid and I did a couple years of swim team in elementary school, just our local city swim team. So I learned how to do the strokes. I started to do one season of swim team in, in high school, but just felt like it couldn't hang. I hadn't swam in so long. Um, I just couldn't hang with the paces, but I tried it out a little bit in high school 
And it gave me, you know, enough enjoyment that throughout college, I would, you know, just hop in and swim laps for exercise. And then after college, the first hospital that I worked at as a nurse participated in our local corporate challenge. And so I actually trained for a couple of sprint triathlons, but never got to execute them because one year there were thunderstorms and then the next year the, there was too much bacteria in the lake. So again, I kind of like always had this interest that felt like, okay, just like hasn't all come together. And then, you know, from that point, I would say probably the last 10 years, I would just swim intermittently, you know, enjoy swimming laps in the pool outside. We go to the lake in the summer. So my mom and my uncle and I'll get in and swim in the lake. So I never had a, a fear of, of swimming in open water and kind of always had this thought of, well, someday I'd love to do it, a triathlon. It was just a matter of kind of when that was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but I did learn so much from, if, if we're kind of getting into, you know, our, our training phase, I discovered that some things I had just naturally done as a kid, I had, didn't know that needed to be corrected. So when I was putting my head in the water, I was holding my breath until right before I would turn my head and I would blow all the air out right before I would turn out. And it wasn't until I got into my formal training plan with another mother runner and was watching some drills, some video drills, and realized, oh, I should be breathing out like as soon as my face goes in the water. So I think a good analogy, I heard someone at the gym say is, you know, swimming is kind of like a golf swing. Like there's always things that you can be learning and working on. And um, that's kind of cool as an adult to find a skill that like, oh, this is something I, I know the basics of, but now I just want to keep honing it and, and refining it. Yeah. That's a game changer when you realize that you need to breathe out when you're underwater. And yes. it's kind of fun because you can see the bubbles, right? I love, <laughs> I, love I mean, it's like, it makes me feel like I'm like, you know, Michael Phelps on an NBC commercial, you know, yeah. for, for a, a, a nanosecond. So that's yeah. great. That's cool. Okay. So it's 2019. We don't know. We have no clue that the pandemic is coming. Tiffany's healing. She's signing up for Des Moines. Laurel, you're like, I'm in. I'm not going to tell my husband. First of all, let's, let's talk about the rank the length of a 70.3. Tiffany, yes. what are the, the, the discipline distances of 70.3? Yeah. 1.2 mile swim in open water, 56 mile bike, and then a half marathon to cap it all off. <laughs> just because it isn't hard enough. So yeah. just 13.1 at the end. So that's what ends up to 70.3. Okay. So, so you decide to sign up. Um, and so Tiffany, are you guys starting to train together or kind of talk about wh- how you guys decide? Because I mean, one of the things that um, a triathlon of this length requires, like like a half marathon or a marathon, it requires a lot of training, right? You just have to, it's not necessarily hard, but it is time. So what did you guys do? Do you sync your schedules? Did you say we'll meet up certain times? Kind of talk about that a little bit. Well, so I maybe should or shouldn't admit this, but I'm not great at following like a specific training plan. I've um, one of my, I, I say winged it. One of my other friends said self-coached. For both. <laughs> that's, a, that's a generous term. And yes, we should say Laurel was on the half iron man, or it was, we call it the 70.3 training plan and train like a mother. Tiffany was not, there were, we're going to get to two other women that were in, in with you, Laurel, in the, in the private group, but uh-huh. no, I, I, no, no, I'm not, you know, spitting bullets at you with my eyes, Tiffany, right? right, right. right. Everyone has a different, um, a different path to the starting line. So, so you're self-coached and so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, you know, but Laurel would kind of um, 
give me, you know, like the goals. We did a lot of our long bike rides together. Um, we would meet up at the gym, especially over the winter before it was nice enough to start riding outside um, and do, you know, long sessions in the spin room or swim laps together. Um, we would try to hold each other accountable to some early morning swims and probably 50% success rate that sure. one of us didn't bail late the night before or early that morning. <laughs> okay, so I would say we made, we made more than 50%. Yeah, and yeah. even back in 2019, before the race got canceled, what I really appreciated was having a friend who had done one of these events previously and just kind of that confidence of, you know, asking all these little questions about, okay, how did you carry your fuel on your bike? And you know, how did you fit this in your life as a working mom? And so in the, the silver lining to get to it getting canceled was it really gave us both extra time to just kind of work on basic skills, um, you know, kind of figure out how we wanted to help each other train. And so, you know, started with just, we have, I would say it's about a 12 mile bike route in between our neighborhoods where there's these bike signs. And it's not great for a longer, more intense training because there's quite a bit of hills, but that's how we started was we would just do this bike loop together and, and not really go too fast, but just ride next to each other. And I mean, I was still in the beginning of learning how to clip in and, and Tiffany was with me on my very first time being clipped in. And of course I like fell over at the stop sign and you know, she, she was there to, to make sure I, my pride wasn't too hurt. Um, been there, done that. Yeah. So today, we, we say it's a rite of passage around yeah, all the different cycling programs. Yep, yep. I just, for the for the record, I just uh, bit it the other day, about two weeks ago, because um, I had mud in my cleat from a, walking around in a parking lot. So it's it's not, it's just one of those things. As long as you it don't just, get hurt more than your ego, you're, you're going to be okay. So, yeah, yeah, it just happens. And, you know, so even though we weren't together, you know, five days a week, I would say even over the winter, we would swim together at least once a week. And just having someone that was on the same race goal that we could text each other and say, how are your workouts going this week? I mean, something as simple as that was really, really helpful. Yeah. Uh, I definitely agree with that. I, I, 100% accountability matters so much, especially because how did you know, like, when did they, um, I didn't keep track of the Ironman COVID cancellations. Like, did they cancel it um, in line with other races or was it more like, oh, we're going to see, we're going to see like kind of, when did you know you were not going to be racing in 2020? Do you remember? They initially, so it was always scheduled to be Father's Day weekend 2020. Um, they initially postponed it to early October and gave the option to defer uh, to 2021 or to race October. Um, I think I had signed up to race October, but in the back of my mind, I kind of knew it wasn't going to happen. So I think, okay. I think it was probably late summer, maybe Labor Day, that they finally said, okay, we're all deferring to 2021. Okay, okay. So you had a full year to, like you said, Laurel, kind of um, find your groove. I mean, was it hard to stay motivated? I mean, because you kind of, I mean, thankfully you were able to race, but there was always kind of a cloud hovering over that, like, will, will we be in Des Moines in 2021? So kind of talk a little bit um, besides the accountability part, which we know is huge. What else did you do to kind of, or kind of talk about the road, the mental, emotional road of being like, okay, how do I stay motivated? What'd you do? Yeah. 
Um, I know that I, I took the deferment for a whole year off okay. the bat because working in healthcare, I kind of saw the writing on the wall and felt like it probably was going to happen in the fall. So I just kind of reframed and decided, you know, I'm just going to work on, work on the basics. So I tried to swim a couple times a week. Um, the many happy miles last summer in July, you guys did the kind of triathlon thing. So I remember Tiffany and I met up at the outdoor pool a few times and oh, those workouts. And um, so I think I just mentally said, you're not going to formally train until, you know, 2021. So just use this time to kind of do other things. And I did one of the love the run you're with. Um, I think Tiffany did too. One of the love the run you're with. Uh, yes. I <laughs> With my excellent track record and following <laughs> training plans, but I enjoyed having something on my calendar to do and to look forward to. And you guys do really good swag. So that was exciting too. <laughs> totally, totally. Again, it's all good, Tiffany. I, I get it. There are different types in this world. Gretchen, Gretchen Rubin can tell you, you're not a, uh, what's the, um, Oh, you're a rebel. Is that the, was that what it is? The one that doesn't like to follow authority. You're not a compliance person. I, I don't know what the four types are. Anyway, okay, getting back to, um, okay, so so come January, February of this year, you know, the stuff is opening up, vaccinations are coming, the race will in fact be on. So what went well with your training? Why don't you start, um, Tiffany? What were some things, what were some highlights of your training? Do you remember stuff that you're like, oh, I nailed that workout or it felt really good? Yeah. Um, for me, I was really focused on the bike, um, before, uh, Madison in 2018. Um, I did not do enough biking and, and really struggled the last 10 to 15 miles when I did that race. So I knew that was my focus this time. Um, so I felt really good. We almost every weekend we're getting out together, you know, for steadily increasing long bike rides. Um, we did, um, you know, 30, 35, 40, 45. Um, we did, I think it's a total of maybe four 50 mile rides. And then there was one, um, 56, 58 mile ride in there as well. And so, uh, even on the ones where I was maybe struggling, I think on the 56 mile ride, I was complaining that like, everything's uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but we were really far away from our houses and had no way, you know, but just to keep riding and get back home. And that's what it's like in the race day. And, um, I think maybe three or four weeks out from race day, I was going to do a, um, 40 mile bike and then maybe like a five mile run off the bike. And it was another, I was by myself that day. Our schedules didn't quite line up. And, um, uh, it was one of those, everything's uncomfortable. I can't wait to get off the bike and go for, go for a run, you know, so glad it's almost over. And I said, wait a minute, you're going to feel this way on race day and you're not going to have the option to get off at 40 miles. So, um, I made myself go another 10 or 12 miles on the bike, um, for mental training, which is not something I have personally explored a lot that, um, gave me, and then I cut my run a little bit shorter for time purposes. Um, but I felt really positive and felt like that was a really smart training decision to go, no, 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 you got to, you got to, suffer might be too strong of a word, but you've got to work through this and, and so that you're strong mentally and physically for race day. 
That's that's a that's a really clutch call. Good job. And I have to say, I was going to interrupt for a second, but I was too riveted by your story. But when you say, I'm really uncomfortable, I just want to get off and run. Like that is such a triathlete thing to say. Not, I'm really uncomfortable, I want to go lie on the couch or get a cool drink and scroll through my phone, but I just want to get off and run. <laughs> this episode is brought to you exclusively by Curex, the final step to better running. Curex insoles are the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, meaning in running stores, it's the top selling brand of insoles. It's no wonder. Curex Run Pro insoles are highly customizable and provide dynamic arch support. I know there are a lot of add to your shoe options, yet insoles shouldn't be just cushioning and shouldn't only be stiff like a custom orthotic. Curex delivers the best of both these options. Curex Run Pro insoles have flexible support with just the right level of rigidity. They have a thin, low profile, yet still deliver maximum support and comfort. Curex Run Pro insoles are available in three profiles, high, medium, and low. I have high arches, so my feet, knees, hips, and back are grateful I added Curex Run Sole insoles to my shoes. Here I am, a runner of a more advanced age, yet, knock on wood, I'm injury-free and have been for a while. I don't think it's any coincidence. Once you become a believer in Run, Run Pro insoles, you'll want to check out Curex's other options. Curex offers the largest line of sport activity-specific insoles, from Cleat Pro for soccer or baseball, Hike Pro for, you guessed it, hiking, Support Step for walkers, even Work Pro for on-their-feet professions, plus tennis, golf, hockey, and skiing too. Try Curex risk-free today. The company offers a 60-day warranty, even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex dot U-S with code AMR15. Well, and Laurel, you guys, you um, posted a lot about, um, or not a lot, but I saw you posting about open water swims. Can you talk about how you guys, your evolution into the wetsuit, um, which uh, is not, if you guys are new to triathlon, you need to... You don't need to, but a wetsuit is very beneficial because it gives you buoyancy, um, but you do have to get used to A, putting it on and B, swimming with it. So you want to talk a little bit about your trials there? Sure. Yeah. Getting it on was absolutely the hardest part. <laughs> so I had never swam in a wetsuit. Like I said, I enjoy open water swimming that had just had never you know, needed a wetsuit. Um, one challenge we had here in the Midwest was that we had a very cold and rainy spring. So usually the water would have gotten warm enough in, I would say, by early May at the latest, um, and it just wasn't safe and warm enough to do that. So we both had our wetsuits ready to go, and finally, um, towards the end of May, we were able to, um, I have a family member that lives in a, a community with a lake, and so we were able to go out and practice at my uncle's lake, and the water was actually quite warm, so we didn't need it for the temperature purposes, but wanted to, of course, practice in the wetsuit. And I had bought, you know, this spray. It's kind of like cooking spray, but it's yeah. called tri-slide or tri-glide. You basically, <laughs> like, spray it on yourself. And uh, so pro tip that we both learned was don't spray it in your house over your hardwood floors because then they're like an ice skating ring. <laughs> So I only did that once and then I realized, no, you need to do that like outside or somewhere that's not over a hardwood floor. Um, and the first time I tried to put it on ended up being a failed attempt. My five-year-old was watching, asking questions, and I was just like <laughs> you know, sweat, getting super frustrated. And I just thought, you know what, this isn't working. So 
Then I went back and watched some of the try webinars. And one of the tips from coach Liz was to cut off a little on the ankle and cut up a little slit on the back of the ankle. And I realized I needed to be getting it up further over my calf in order to get it up high enough. Um, so then we had a, I, we should have videotaped it. It was kind of comical on, on the dock. And my uncle had to like, kind of like pull me into it. And, <laughs> so once it was on, it felt okay. It's just like getting it on. Um, and then when you swim in it, it feels good because it gives you this buoyancy. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And the open water swim, was that the first? Oh, you said you like open water. Yeah. So you were used it to it. Yeah, that doesn't that. open water as much though. Uh, I grew up, um, Laurel grew up like going to the lake as like family trips. My parents are like beach resort pool people. Um, so I, the, my first ever open water swim was my Olympic triathlon in 2018. We were able to get in and warm up. And it was like the second time I'd even, the only other time I had worn my wetsuit was to try it on. So in the wetsuit, um, it's compressive. I get in the water. Oh, wow. You can't like even hardly see your hand in front of your face. It was all just very new to me. Yeah. Um, I did the Olympic swim, uh, like Tarzan style, like not really because <laughs> I was so uncomfortable. Sure. Um, and then I did a open water practice swim at one of the lakes before the 70.3, could put my face in a little bit, but was breathing, you know, every stroke. And then um, Madison in 2018 had huge storms the night before and morning of, so the lake was really choppy. And that was kind of a, you know, I was really glad to have the wetsuit for that experience to make me feel more comfortable. Yeah. Um, so that was all just kind of not great. So this time, um, though, I felt much more comfortable knowing that I could do it um, and could swim my natural strokes. Um, we ended up the swim for the race day. Um, or should I not jump ahead? Yet? Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so you get to Des Moines, let's yeah. Hold on one second because that, I actually do want to talk about that. So you, you load up your families over father's day weekend and you take them yes. to Des Moines. Shout out to our husbands. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, so race day was delayed. So Tiffany, talk about, I mean, you guys, with your luck on, you know, bacteria in the water, choppy waters, thunderstorms. I mean, so, I mean, I, I kind of don't ever want to race with you just because I feel like your luck race in the same race as you, because I feel like your luck is not awesome. So Tiffany, talk about the weather in Des Moines on race day, race morning. Yeah, so my dad is actually a retired meteorologist. Oh, wow, that's a yeah. profession. So um, he had offered his uh, a forecast for the weekend, and I had said, why don't you give me one on Saturday evening? Because obviously with the weather, we can't control it. We can't change it. And I didn't want him texting me constantly and stressing me. <laughs> Saturday evening in the hotel, Laurel was like, has your dad texted yet? And then bam, right on the dot, 8.30 as planned. And it, you know, wasn't looking great. Uh, we were really glad. Um, shout out to uh, the race director for this yeah. race. The night before, with plenty of time, like seven o'clock, I think we got an email saying that it would be delayed, I think by an hour because of the forecasted morning storms, which we appreciated knowing that, you know, to prepare 
And then at 5.15, when we woke up, we got another text alert saying um, that it was delayed further and, you know, they provide another update. You know, we can hear it's still lightning, thundering um, outside. So I think the total delay ended up being about three hours. I think the pros had been scheduled to start at 6.40 and they started at like 9.30. Um, so that was... You know, we just kind of went with it. It was more time to eat our breakfast, drink our coffee, let it digest, go to the bathroom, all the things <laughs> that one does pre-race. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the silver lining. And Tiffany had the best idea ever. Um, she got a separate hotel room. This is a good tip for if you're traveling with family. She got a separate hotel room. So the two of us slept in a different room than ah. the kids the night before the race, which would have been, you know, even more ideal if we started on time because we were going to have to get up at like 4 a.m. Yeah. If it yeah. started on time. So that let us kind of be alone in our stress bubble yeah. about the, the weather. <laughs> we well, and that, that the fact that the race director, I mean, because I, so my question, I mean, because I pictured you guys standing around or sitting in your car probably because it's pouring and thundering and lightning outside sitting in a car, just waiting, waiting. And what does that look like? So, I mean, waiting is not fun when you're ready to race any, in any, any way, shape or form, but the fact that you were able to be in, be in a hotel room, kind of have each other and not have that like nervous, like, holy cow and, and getting, I, yeah, that's just yeah, it's it, like it, waiting for a flight. Right. But it's worse because you've got to go perform. You're not just going to go sit. Right. Right. It, it definitely helped. And again, the, the race director did a great job and, you know, they, they had some options. They could have canceled the swim completely, but instead um, they they did a great job watching the radar because it was still lightly raining as we walked from our car to transition to set our stuff up. And as we were, we were trying to lay stuff out inside a trash bag, so it's not going to get wet. And then all of a sudden it stopped raining. And so um, they had decided based on their radar that they would let the swim go. So we swam 1.2 miles and then they shortened the bike by half to 28 miles. So, you know, yes, there's some disappointment because you've trained for the distance, but at the same time, Nobody can control the weather. And I would much rather do all three disciplines. I had trained for all three. And especially being my first race, I have nothing to compare it to. And so you just had to accept this is what it is. And actually, okay, I'm going to be able to push myself a little bit more on the bike than sure. I planned on. And I, I hope this isn't my last one. So um, I think they did the best that they could. And you can only keep the roads closed for so long. So um, technically, we did not race 70.3. But given the conditions and everything we went through, I'm, I'm giving us, you know, credit for the whole thing. Oh, you get, you get honorary 70.3. Well, and Tiffany, here you are like going like 50, 50, 50, 56, 58. I'm going 12 more today. Like, so you were ready yeah. for a long bike. Were you disappointed yeah. that that's where they decided to kind of make up the time? I, no, go ahead. I, yeah, I actually, I wasn't too mad about it because I am not a petite mother runner and um, hauling my rear like up the hills and on the bike. Like I always wish I could be faster on the bike and that is my like eternal goal. Um, so for me, I was actually you know, especially given if, if there had been no delay and no storms and they arbitrarily cut it. Yeah, of course, that's disappointing. But for me, I was like, well, yes, this probably works well for me. Okay. And then once we were on the bike out of nowhere, my left hip was really hurting and bothering me. Um, I have no idea what that was about, why it started. But 
I was really struggling with that. And so um, it would have been a real ordeal to finish the whole bike just based on my body that day. Sure. Uh, so for me, I, I was like, golden, this is great. Yeah, yeah, good, good. <laughs> And um and so you get to the run and again we you you they didn't cut that short it's still a half marathon that to me is uh the hardest part of a triathlon even if you're a good runner just because it's usually hot um it's long and I know that going that feeling from you're kind of flying on the bike no matter you know whether you're relatively fast or relatively slow you cover ground quickly on wheels <laughs> and then you take away the wheels and you're I'm like clomp 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 like my feet just feel like I'm going nowhere so so talk a little bit about the run port portion Laurel you want to talk about your half marathon and then we'll get here too. sure sure and then so to kind of just quickly like recap I felt like the time had been going by so quickly because you know, it was like this hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. And then when we finally started this swim, you know, again, this is my first time doing this. You're, you're like a herd of cattle, right? And then they get you into these rails, you know, where you're, you're going and you're now two by two. And then all of a sudden we were moving so quickly, we we're close to the beach and they line you up, you know, maybe four or five across. And these, these volunteers are just saying, go. And then two more seconds, go. And you know, from that point on, I just felt like I've heard you say it's like the longest, shortest day. It's yes, like yes. I had been quickly. waiting and waiting and waiting for this. And so I really just kept telling myself, like, try to be present, try to like, you know, instead of getting panicky in the water, just appreciate like the feel like and the water feels good. And wow, look, you're swimming with all these people. It's kind of like being in a school of fish. I mean, this is really amazing. Yeah. And then before you know it, like, you're back at the beach. I mean, yes, it felt a little bit long at some points. You're like, oh, there's still like five more buoys in front of me. But um, overall, it went by fast. And then the bike, because mentally we had both been so mentally, you know, planning on being on the bike for hours, you sure. know, and now it's half the distance. And this the sun came out. The mm -hmm. sun came out while we're swimming. So we went from this huge delay to now the sun is out. And so on the bike, I just kept telling myself, like, try to remember all these really you know, small, interesting details. Like some guy is passing me wearing tennis shoes, like not even clip-in shoes. And then I ended up passing him later. And then there's this woman with this huge purple fanny pack, you know, like just all these kind of cool details. And it was a beautiful bike course. Yeah. Um, they had recently repaved the road. Oh, there exactly. was, um, you know, rolling hills, but they actually cut out the big hill because of the shortened core. So, you know, the bike just flew by Absolutely. And because it was, you know, we had both been so prepped with our, you know, bottles of fuel and stuff. I never even had to use an aid station because again, you know, the, the distance was shorter. So um, yeah, when you're doing a triathlon, then you come back into the transition area and get ready for the run and you're slapping on sunscreen and yeah, then you're, then you're out of the gate. And I had a little mental chat with myself because at that point it was, after is early afternoon so okay. you had this long delay and the the great one of the great things with these triathlon events is they have an aid station at every mile in the run and so mentally you can just say okay just get to each aid station and i even when i'm um, doing a standalone running event i walk the aid station so i just told myself you know you're going to walk through every aid station and uh, for whatever reason, I decided not to look at my watch. I just decided to go by perceived effort. And 
I've done a lot of half marathons, so I kind of knew how to gauge, like just go at a pace that you feel like you can sustain. Um, there was no shade on the run, which was, you can't control that either. Um, and it was quite hot. And so you, you kind of come upon the aid station and it was, you know, water, Gatorade, food, and then the most glorious table, ice. So there was <laughs> ice for the aid station. And I think Tiffany did this too, or, you know, just dumping it down your sports bra and just yeah. trying to keep ice to keep your core cool. Um, so I think with triathlon, really the run is, is mental. Um, and again, just trying things to focus yourself. And I actually liked that it was a loop course. So you did two loops. And so as you're on the loop, you can see people coming the other way. So it kind of gives, you can, you know, wave. I, Tiffany and I saw each other twice on the run, which was yeah. great. Um, and I have to say, try being my first triathlon, I was so impressed with the kindness and camaraderie that the athletes showed each other. I mean, people are sharing salt tabs and kind of checking on each other. And there was a lot of people having to walk. Um, oh, you should uh, talk oh, about yeah. your finding your friend. <laughs> Tiffany found someone she knew on the, on the run. <laughs> So I had, um, speaking of mental training, the Saturday before the race, so a week ahead of time, I did a six-mile run starting at 1230, kind of the heat of the day as my last, like, real hurrah, um, and really focused on mental training, like staying positive, positive inner monologue. I was really happy with how that went, so I was feeling really good going into the run, um, if you're familiar with triathlon, your first mile off the bike is often your fastest because your legs are just like spinning. Um, so got my first mile in, was feeling fine. And then I don't know if I overfueled on the bike or just the heat or my heart rate got too high, too fast or what, but all of a sudden my stomach was not feeling great. Um, I had to slow it down and, and just walk until I could get it settled um, and then by then I was like having trouble, got, got my stomach settled, but like passed by, I think two aid stations without really taking anything, which I knew I was like danger zone. Like you've got to figure this out. Cause if you don't fuel, like you're really going to bonk. Um, so I was kind of having trouble getting rolling and I was kind of would run a little bit, walk a little bit. And my friend from the, from our gym, um, who, you know, not a close friend, but love those gym friends that like you see all the time. Sure. And, um, and so he had kind of been ping-ponging back and forth with me also on the run walk train. And so he got in front of me and when I saw him run again, I was like, okay, just do what Jay's doing. Just, you know, he runs, you run. And so eventually I caught up to him. Um, we were chatting a little bit and I was like, you know what, we're just going to do this together. Like I could tell we were on the same, in the same place, like mentally and physically. Um, and so, you know, we kind of had the understanding that if one of us started, you know, feeling good and getting on a roll, no, no hard feelings. See you, see you later. Um, and so that ended up so good for me because I'm friendly and outgoing, but in the middle of the race is not for me when I'm going to make a new friend to stick with. So it was, you know, hang with, hang with my buddy, or if I had been by myself, I just, I think it would have been mentally very challenging to not spiral and be fresher. Um, that the heat and the everything was just not giving me the race I wanted because it had gone 
for me so well up until that point. Um, and so, you know, Jay and I just kind of, you know, we'd say, okay, run to the streetlight and then we'll do our walk break or, okay, let's run to the aid station, walk it through the aid station. And so we were together, I think for probably like 10, at least 10 miles of the run. And, um, I think separated a tiny bit as we headed to the finish, but, um, that, that was really great for me. And what I always say is the number one goal with a race like this is to finish every time. Don't take that for granted. The, the goal is to finish. And I achieved that. And, you know, I'm happy with the race I had because instead of being like miserable on the run, um, I was able to, you know, okay, it's run walk time and we're going to just like have some little chit chat and, and make it work. Yeah. You got it done. Uh, and, that's, and that's what's, I, I love that. I mean, and you know, uh, a long time ago when Bart Yasso used to be, um, still working and doing a lot of races, he always said, never take a finish line for granted. And I mm-hmm. love that. And I think it's so easy. I mean, I think we all have that perspective a lot more now that COVID came. Um, but it's so easy when you are, like you said, Tiffany, having a bad race and you're like, screw it. What am I doing out here? This sucks. Blah, blah, blah. You know, why do I even think, you know, thankfully I'm glad you had your friend Jay. That's, I think some of the, you're going to remember that race forever, not just because you were there with Laurel and because of the delay, but because you guys had those 10 miles together. And I, I love that. So, so congratulations on that perspective, because that is, um, that is hard to pull out, especially when things aren't going the way that you want them to. So, um, so nice work, nice work. Well, um, so I gotta know what's next. I mean, so you didn't have the race you wanted, Tiffany. Do you, I mean, it's only June. We got some time. Like, do you guys have another one on your mind? Another, Hey, Hey husband, I'm just going to go do a triathlon in California or New York or wherever. Like, do you have anything on planned or, or, or not? And it's fine if it's no. So I have, um, a half marathon at the end of August. That's a defer of the defer of COVID scheduling. Um, so that's the only thing that I'm currently signed up for. Okay. Um, probably definitely not another 70.3 this calendar year. Um, you know, they're not cheap. Um, that is one thing, you know, triathlon can be a real like money pit. You know, and and I will say for any of you who are interested or getting started, um, it doesn't matter what your gear is like. Like, don't be intimidated by all of that because it can be really hard to see people like with the fancy kits and the fancy bikes and all this stuff. I ride a road bike. Um, you know, I have a bunch of tri shorts that I like, and you know, this year got a tri top because why not? But like if you have the money and want to, and you know, that's what you enjoy, go for it, but don't, you know, kind of side note here, but don't, don't be intimidated or don't feel like you don't belong if you don't have all the fancy gear. Um, but these races are expensive. So, um, I'm eyeballing tentatively, maybe, um, the, uh, half Ironman in, um, they call it steelhead. It's in Benton Harbor, Michigan and maybe doing a little vacation afterwards next summer, maybe. We'll that see. sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> what about you, Laurel? What do you, do you have? Uh, you, it sounds like you've caught the bug. Do you have it? Um, and it doesn't have to be a 70.3. Do you have another one on your list for this summer? Or Not, um, for, this, not for this summer, but I, I definitely know that I'll stick with just the sport of triathlon. I think everyone kind of, when you find something that, that just feels good to you and speaks to you, it's like, okay, I think I've, 
I've really found something that I want to yeah. stick with. And, you know, and I've, I've run for so many years, but being on this training plan and I did, um, you know, again, we took a little bit different approaches. So I was following the plan really closely and it has you running, you know, three days a week, sometimes the four days, but your fourth day would be a very short run after a bike or something. And I just really like how well-rounded I feel. I feel very strong. And, you know, even with how hot that, you know, run was at the end of Des Moines, um, I was able to, to finish the, the half marathon portion in two hours. And I was really happy with that. And so I think it's just working for me physically, mentally. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to the Portland retreat with AMR in October. Um, but I'm, I'm either going to try to figure out how to customize a plan on my own or maybe um, talk to the coaches about figuring out how I can just incorporate more cross training with a half marathon plan because I'm just really enjoying that. Sure. And then um, next summer, I'd love to either do an Olympic or a, a 70.3. I'm thinking that I might try to work with a swim coach. And so maybe do an Olympic distance, but really try to get, you know, refine my my swimming. And I think this the, the 70.3, you could kind of compare it to if you're someone who does marathons and half marathons, if maybe you don't do a full marathon every year, just because it is quite a bit more time. Um, and as Tiffany said, it can get expensive. So um, yeah, but we'll, we'll see what opportunities come up for next year. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, and I just want to reiterate before I let you guys go, and I love that you brought that up, Tiffany, is I do think um, that triathlon has a very uh, – has a veneer about it. It's, it, it seems very um, exclusive at times, um, especially if you are, you know, sitting around <laughs> and you're, like, racking your bike in the transition area and you look around and you're like, oh, my gosh, their bike costs more than my used car did, right? And – you know, the reality is, is, um, you know, you can, you know, if, if it's, if it's something that's interesting to you, you know, there is a barrier to entry is higher because of the equipment and because of the skills swimming and, and biking. But it, it is also a very, um, like you said, Laurel, once you come in and you pin, pin that number on and you're out there on the race course, it is just like a family, you know, certainly there are the racers that are racing, racing with a capital R, but for the most part, it is a very supportive, great environment. And so I just, I just want to put that in there because I think some people are like, oh, Ironman. And, and the other thing is that Ironman branded races cost considerably more than a regular, you know, if you go do a triathlon at your community center, if you do an off-brand 70.3, like, you know, there's Tough Man, there's other ones out there that are not Ironman branded. And um, so just, just there are ways around it, right? It doesn't have to be a huge suck of um, money and time. Just so I, I just, that's my PSA <laughs> or adding to your PSA, I should say. Yeah. And I feel like I'm like the poster child of like, if I can do this, you can do this. Like I'm, you know, it's, it's okay to not be awesome at everything or to have the fastest time. It's okay to be a back of the packer on your road bike, like whatever, if you enjoy it, you know, that's, that's the important part. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, you ladies are awesome. It's so fun to talk to you. Uh, your smiles are still, I'm sure they haven't left your face. This, you guys raced last <laughs> Sunday and it's a Friday today. So, um, I hope you have a quiet weekend ahead and no, you know, no, I got to go 12 more miles on the bike. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but take good care and thank you for your, for your time and your fun perspective today. Thanks so much. Thank you. It was so fun. Cheers. <laughs> Bye.